Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another exciting edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Hey, I want to get started with, uh, we were at Hebrews chapter 10 last time. I'm going to bounce over to Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite scriptures. By faith. Yes, Hebrews 11.1. 1. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not seen. And I tell people all the time, God's word is constantly giving birth to new facets of understanding, revelation. To each of us. Yeah, to each of us. And this is what he gave me on this. He gave me a paraphrase version of this. He said faith, or, or he told me to change the word faith to word. Now the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. The word of God is my evidence of things not seen. Yeah, it's the word of God. Because remember, in the beginning was what the word. The word. So the word of God. The so, word is so, but God. here's the deal: when I receive the word of God, which I refer to as hope seed, I have to put the faith in it. I have to mix it with faith. Remember the word that they heard that they didn't mix it with faith that didn't profit them. So when we get the word, the hope seed, we got to mix it with faith because the scripture says he even told Mary according to your faith because the angel of the Lord brought a word to her, brought some hope seed, meaning. The Messiah is going to be birthed to you. She had, if she would have said H to the N-O, but she said, be it unto me. I mean, I, I received that. And he said, well, according to your faith, be it unto you. She said, well, okay, let, let's, let's get this thing happen. I don't know if Joe, how Joe going to take this news, but, uh, <laughs> but hey, we always heard about the Messiah was coming. And if I found favor in his sight, let it be gone. And then we know the angel had to go to Joseph because no way Joseph would have believed Mary coming off saying some stuff well, like that a couple gotta, days before their wedding. <laughs> right. I mean, you got to understand Joseph's <laughs> point of view. Right, 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 right. It's like, this is my wife. Okay. It's tradition to marry a virgin. And now she's telling me she's pregnant. Okay. But God knows all. So he sends an angel to Joseph. And, and Joseph pretty much said, okay. I believe it. Uh, well, as you said, angel, I ain't going to argue with you. I ain't going to try to intellectualize it. I'm just going to go ahead and receive it. Now back to the verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence. The word of God is the substance of things that we hope for. It's our evidence of things not seen. I always tell people this, Pastor Richard, faith begins where the will of God is known. Once I get the will of God on it, I can now add my faith to it. And it's according to my faith. I don't care if nobody else believe it, especially because God's going to always call us those ones who hunger and thirst after him to do some big things. Because he told us, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly. But he can always cause you to do something that don't make sense. Peter, get out of the boat. Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, ain't nobody, we, come on, Jesus, now. First of all, well, I see you doing it. And I ain't never seen nobody else doing it. But I know you were, you're God's favorite son. Because I, I was there when the heavens opened up and said, this is my beloved son. But he didn't say that about me. <laughs> but the beloved son said, Peter, yeah, yeah. Peter said, first of all, Peter made a request. He let his request be made known. He said, Jesus, is that you? And if it is, bid me to come on out there. Jesus said, hey, it's all good. Come on. The water's fine, Peter. Come on out. Peter came. 
He started walking. A lot of people like to criticize Peter, but he did walk on the water. Oh, yeah. Because the other five or something <laughs> stayed on the boat. The boat. <laughs> yeah, they stayed on the boat. At least he did get out. And he was walking. And the scriptures go ahead to reveal he took his eyes off Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith. He looked around. He said, started looking. Smoke, well, he started water. looking at well. Uh, but the Bible says he heard the wind. He didn't see it. He heard it, boisterous. And he started now leaning to his own understanding, intellect. Faith don't make sense. He started trying to make sense out of this. Hey, hey, this don't make sense. Me walking on water. And then the scriptures say he began to sink. I don't care if you're walking on water, you ain't going to begin to sink. <laughs> you're going to sink. <laughs> if I get out of the boat and say, Richard, I'm going to begin to sink. No, I'm going to sink. But he began to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus. But he was walking. But we know he didn't drown. This scripture and say, oh, yeah, and Jesus had to resurrect Peter because he drowned. No, Jesus lifted up his hand, lifted him well, up. I always say that's the shortest, most heartfelt prayer in the Bible. He says, Lord, help me. That's it. But, but he Jesus, doesn't start in, oh, Lord Jesus, you're the greatest, most fantastic. He just gets straight to the point. Lord, <laughs> help, Lord me. help me. But, and then help. Jesus revealed something to him, too, speaking of faith. He said, Peter, why did you doubt? You were doing it. You allowed, you allowed intellect and reasoning to come in. You start leaning to your own understanding. He said, that's what he meant when he said, why did you doubt? Sort of like he told the other disciples that couldn't cast out the demon. He said, well, you, you couldn't do it because of unbelief. You start doubting that you could. So we got to keep our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. Scripture said, run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, which Revelation 19, 13 says he's the word of God, as the author and the finisher of faith. And, and we understand the word of God. Brings faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. That's the that hope seed. His word is the substance of things hoped for. His word is my evidence. So when people ask me stuff that may not make sense, I just refer them back to the word. Because Jesus, when he was, the, he said, "Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word." Scripture says, "In the beginning was the word." So I gotta read. That's my evidence. Yeah, I may not look like what. Yeah, but my evidence is I am the redeemed of the Lord. The evidence says. Remember, his word is my evidence. It says I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's what the word said. That's my evidence. You know, his, his word, the evidence says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's my evidence. So you may not have a revelation of my evidence, but I do because I study to show myself approved. And the scripture says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge or, or evidence of their covenant. They don't know. And I know what you don't know will hurt you. Yeah, you'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, when people say what you don't know won't hurt you. Yeah, It'll what kill you. Don't you. Know can kill you. <laughs> It'll kill you. Yeah, you better know the you don't promises. You know that drinking bleach will kill you. It'll still kill right, you. Right, right, right. But you got to know the promises of God. You have to fellowship, commune with him. People always just mess with people. And I ask them, when the last time you heard from God? And they'd be like, oh, let me think. I, Christians, let me think. I say, well, I know the last time I heard from the last time I, I spent time with him in his word. Because him and his word are like wet and water. If I'm, if I'm reading the word of God, I'm, re, I'm listening to God's voice. He's in his word. Like we said on the last broadcast, he's too powerful to just come right next to us. We'll, we'll disintegrate. So he said, I'm going to give you my word. I'm going to give you a love letter, some epistles, some gospels. And then I'm going to reveal things to you through my word. Remember, it's always giving... Earth, to, it, it never go old. The scripture says his word endures forever. Right. So it's good for the 1800s, the 1500s, till right now. 1500 BC. It's still good. 
it's still valid. And he says in Isaiah, his word that goes forth shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what he sent it out to do. And I heard somebody say it the other day, and I've been using this. God gives us his word so we can speak it. Yeah, he wants us to speak his right. word. Right, he doesn't give us his, our, his word so we can just hold on to it. No, no, he wants us to meditate on it, get all the nutrients out of it, and then release it, speak it. That's right. why he said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. And a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. And in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he revealed, Jesus said, uh, what did Jesus say, Mark 11, 23? Whatsoever things you say, if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things you say shall come to pass, you will have whatever you say. Well, all I have to do is say what God said, because he watches over his word to perform it. And the Bible says God's not a man that he shall lie. So all I got to do is say what he said and, and just receive the manifestation. You know, we talk about faith, and as you were talking faith, the faith there is an action word. You do things. So because Peter had faith, he stepped out of the boat. Because Abraham had faith, he left his, his family and all of his He did family, something. And he went to that land that God told him to go to. Because people had faith all through that whole chapter 11, they would act on that. They would do something because of the faith. So, and faith is, is as commonplace as we're both sitting on chairs. We had faith this chair was going to hold us up when we sat down, because if we hadn't, we wouldn't have sat on it. And so you exercise faith all day long on all kinds of different things. I have faith my car is going to take me home without breaking down or else I wouldn't get in it and go. You have faith about all sorts of things, and it causes you to act. The faith in Jesus causes us to act. It causes us to act on his word. His word says something. We're going to act on it. We're going to believe it. For the last six months, I've been preaching more and more in our church every Sunday about believing God, that you can read you it. Be. You better be. <laughs> but, I mean, people... people I'm, I've known long-term Christians. You have too. They know what the Bible says. They don't believe they it. They don't believe it. Right. They know the Bible says, do not worry, but they well, don't really well, here, here's believe the, here's it. The, here's the test of believing. You do it. You act on it. That's what it is. And, and, and we've all done that because if you're a Christian, you've named, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you're saved, you exercise faith in Romans 10. What he said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. That God sent Jesus, he raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. We've all done that. That's how we got saved. Right. But we had to do something. Right. We had, had to, to believe first it. believe it and then speak it. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, we believe, therefore we speak. Well, you speak what you believe. That's the doing part. Remember, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You got to say so. You got to say what he said. That's your faith working in just speech. A lot of people, children of Israel, were, I like to say, referred to they were hung by the tongue because it was their words that didn't get them to the promised land. Yeah. And they, they, they started off, everything starts off with the word. They start saying, we are in our own sight as grasshoppers. No way, no how we're going in there. And God already we said, cannot take God that. already said, I, I gave you this. It's yours. Just go in. Nope. They start leaning to their own understanding, intellect, logic. It didn't, and he was like, no, I'm a faith God. Just head that direction. And they, two, ten of them talked millions out of the promised land. Two, Joshua and Caleb, Richard Hoyt and Vince Haney, said, we can do it. We can do it. We can win this race. Yeah. If God be for us, 
Who, that's all he was saying. I'm for you guys. Didn't y'all just look at all the past miracles? Okay, uh, I, I part of the Red Sea. I messed off Pharaoh. You left Egypt with all their jewelry and gold and silver and stuff. I, did, I gave you bird. I gave you manna. I, I just hooked you guys up. Shoes ain't wearing out. Now, you think I can't get you over here? Again, why do you doubt? Yeah, see, it doesn't take 40 years to get from Egypt to Israel. No. I don't care how slow you are. <laughs> and I they were, I, I say they were spinning brick circles out there in the desert waiting for those guys to die, that generation to die. Well, he, he revealed to us that's what he, was, he did. But I mean, it, I, I think sometimes people read that and they think, oh, man, it's a long way from Egypt to Israel. <laughs> no, it's not. A 40-year journey, huh? <laughs> yeah. Took them no. 40 years to walk there. No. They were just out there spinning in circles. But you know what? For and in the New Testament, he tells us, he says, you know, the gospel was preached to us as well as them. But the word that they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So they couldn't enter his rest. He said, now, now before that, he said, now beware lest you be like these guys. He's talking to the church now. He said, don't be unbelievers. You got your salvation. You're in now. You're in the family of God. You've been redeemed, reconciled back to God. Now, start enjoying all the benefits. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So start expecting God's favor. Start expecting all the benefits. And I say this in the natural. We do that in the natural. We get a new job, and they tell us, you know, what the benefits package is. And we ain't started a day, but we go home and tell everybody all about the, the job that we're about to start, how much it pays, the benefit package, our, our vacation, the whole nine. You ain't got a check in the mail, but you go and tell. You believe that man, the human resource officer or woman, more than you believe God. And you say, <laughs> the man that told you this, you started there, well, you, you, you ain't checked the sovereignty of the company to know if they're sound or not. They can be giving you a bounce check at the end of the month. You ain't did none of that, but you took it by faith. Hey, man, I'm getting this. And you talk to people about it. You tell everybody, oh, yeah. You start making plans for the money. That you're going to get. And God didn't give you exceeding great and promises from his word. And he died for you, Jesus. Sent his son to die for you. And like you said, they don't even believe him. Won't even believe. And he's like, wow. Same thing with the children of Israel. He's like, wow, I done did all this. My own children. That's a shame. When your own children don't even believe you. And especially you're a good dad or responsible dad. They don't even believe it. And, you just, and, I got and all the this. things that he you know, Sometimes the Israelites get a bum rap in that, too. You talked about earlier about um, Peter getting a bum rap. I think the Israelites sometimes get a bum rap in this. Yeah, they'd seen God do all these miracles. And then, and you think about all the miracles they saw him do with the frogs and the gnats and the flies and all this. And now the first chance they get, they're out there against the Red Sea. Why did you bring us out here to die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt yet to bring us out here to die? And so they figure God can't save him from that. You know, even though he did all this miraculous stuff, he can't, he, there's nothing to do about this. And then he gets them across. And then first chance they get, they start, oh, now we're going to die of this. And we we look at them and go, man, if I'd have seen all that, there's no way I would have ever doubted. There's no way I would have ever said any of those things. Yet look at the average Christian. God's brought us through illness. He's brought us through financial troubles. He's brought us through all kinds of things. He brought us to a new year. If we're here, we're in a new He's year. He's brought us through all these things, and now you got a new problem. Oh, I don't know if God can help me with this one. This is a big one. 
We're like that. And yet, never mind that he's helped you with 10,000 or 100,000 other problems. Oh, now this is the big one. This is the one that's going to keep me awake. This is the one that I don't know what I'm going to do. This is the one that's got me wringing my hands. Mm -hmm. And yet what we need to stop and remember is, look at all those things that God has brought us through till now. Why would he not bring us through this one too? And there's just way too much in the Christian life where people, as we talked earlier, take their eyes off of him and they put their eyes on the problem. And all of a sudden the problem gets really big and they begin to doubt. Can God do it? And then the devil, you know, he loves to get a foothold in there because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah, yeah, this is too much. And we have to stop. And we have to remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all of his promises about everything are yes and amen. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at, uh, again, Hebrews chapter 10, as you were speaking. It just reminded me of the scripture. Since we're in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, um, verse 35, he sums it up by saying, and he referenced children of Israel in that verse, but at 35, he, re he sums it up saying, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Your confidence in God. That's what faith is. Confidence in God. He said, don't, don't cast it away. Cast me. I, I, I'm throwing it away. He said, no, no, no. Don't cast. Don't ever put God down. Don't ever say he can't do it. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. He says, your faith on fire, your confidence in God, Oh, that's going to have a great reward for you. He says, so don't cast it away. Look, 36, for you have need of endurance. Another word for endurance is patience. He said, you have need of patience or endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, not casting away your confidence, employing patience and endurance, look, you may receive the promise. Now, I heard of Pastor Price, he preached on that, May. May means it's up to you. May I go to the restroom? There's a difference in may and can. Can I go to the restroom or may I go to the restroom, teacher? And I remember Pastor Price talking about that. He was a little boy in grade school. And he asked the teacher, she said, whoever's done with their test, they can go to the restroom or take a break. And he was done. He said, raised his hand and said, I'm done with my test. Can I go to the restroom? And the teacher was responsible, well, can you? And he said, you said when I'm done, whoever's done with their test, they can go to the restaurant. He said, I'm asking you, can I go to the restaurant? She said, well, well can you? <laughs> and what he meant to say, may I go to the restaurant? Yes, you may. So he says, after you've done the will of God, you may. It's up to you. You may receive the promises. The promises, what, of getting a victory? The prom After you've done the will of God, remember? It's always a process with God. He tells you, do this, I'll do that. Go put children of Israel, this is what y'all do tonight, put blood, po blood, blood on the doorposts. Now, guess for the ones that didn't do that. Oh, man, blood, don't, man, that ain't going to work. Put no yeah, stupid no blood on that. Yeah, you know some of them probably did. You know they did. Some of them probably didn't. I ain't putting no blood on no post tonight. Shoot, we going anyway. All right, the deaf angel's coming through. And guess what he, the Lord said the deaf angel's going to do? Everybody that had blood on their doorposts, he's going to pass over. Whoever don't, and they probably out of fear, say, oh, I'm going to do it just in case. <laughs> yeah, so again, God always tells us to do something, and he says, I'm going to do something else. 
So again, after you've done the will of God. Well, you talk about that in the doorpost. We see that in the manna. He says, don't try to keep it overnight because it'll be no good. So mm -hmm. what's the first thing some of them tried to do? They're going to get doubled up. So tomorrow morning, I don't got to get up. I ain't got to get up. I'm I sleeping in. I don't got to get up at the crack of dawn. I'm sleeping in. And they looked in their jar, and, of course, it was maggots. It was right. no good. And then he said, you know, but on the seventh day, there's not going to be any. So on the sixth day, you need to double up. And sure enough, some of them said, ah, we won't worry about that. It's going to be some. It's been be, some every day. Yeah, there's some every day. We'll, we'll be fine tomorrow. And it turned out there was. There's always people that God says something, and then they, oh, well, it, it probably won't be. Well, you be. know what I learned early, and I'm still getting a greater understanding of it? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, that's what God said. If God gives you, tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. You may not understand it because that's faith on fire, but just go ahead and do it anyway. Just go ahead and forgive anyway because it's going to free you up. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense to forgive that person because they done you dirty. No, no, no. He said, remember, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll repay. You go ahead and extend forgiveness to them, and, and I'm going to, there's and something going to happen. You're going to have a great recompense of reward. Yeah, well, you touched on it there, is that when we forgive somebody, it helps us as much as them. Because now we don't have to carry that anger around anymore. We don't have to worry about how we're going to get even. I gave my testimony last Sunday at service about, that spirit of bitterness growing up. The scripture refers to it as a root of bitterness. It starts off as a seed too. Just like the word of God is a seed. And if you don't hurry up and, and, and dig it out, uproot it, it oh, it's going to grow. And it's going to get heavy on you. So when I first got called to the ministry, uh, you know, a pastor was being used by the enemy to hinder that call, the plan and purpose that God had on my life. And he, he was doing all kind of stuff. Being deceived, wasn't doing it purposely, being deceived, that's how the devil does. He works in, in Christians too, <laughs> pastors too. Yeah, he works in there. He's no respective person. So anyway, uh, but through the time, and I thought, yeah, I'm tough, nothing gets to me. But the seed of bitterness was growing up in my heart because of what he had did. And I, every time I heard his name, I would get more bitter. And I, and I just, the enemy was planting them thoughts. And it had, that seed had got full grown, full blown. And I was in a prayer meeting, and he was there, and we were praying for the city and the county. And before I got started, the Lord told me, now this was a two-year period. This is probably a year and a half, two-year growth of bitterness. Lord told me, he pressed upon my heart, before you go and try to pray, I want you to walk over there and ask him for forgiveness. I'm, I'm saying, well, he did me. <laughs> right. He, he said, no, but you allowed to see the bitterness to grow up in you. Now, I can't use you the way I want to use you. Go over there and ask him for forgiveness. Pastor Richard, that was the longest walk I ever took from one <laughs> side of the building to the other. But I walked over there, and as the closer I got to him, I'm bawling in tears. I'm crying like a little baby. And I ain't no crier because I'm tough. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I'm crying like a little baby by the time I get to him, and I just embrace him. I hug him, and I won't let him go, and I say, please forgive me. And he was probably looking at me like, for what? Remember, because when you hold on to bitterness, they've been going on about their life. Right. You're running around with this heavy burden, and he says, I forgive you. I'm bawling like a little baby. He says, I forgive you. And I walked away light as a feather. Oh, it was like I was floating back over to my prayer group. I was freed up. And God says, that's, that's what I want you to do, obedience. But I heard his voice say, go and ask him for forgiveness. You know, and, and sometimes this is even smaller ways. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. And it riles you up. 
and you tell everybody you meet that day about how this person did that, and you're just mad all day long. That dude drove off and never even probably knew they cut you off. <laughs> no, but you've no. been mad all day. Uh, you done made a, a mountain out of molehill. <laughs> your, your, your adrenaline surges every time you tell the story. You you get madder That's every how time I was you with this particular story. pastor. Every time I told what he did, I was getting madder. And I was really just really telling it to my wife a lot. So this, that, that seed of bitterness was growing. Right. And, and But the point is, is it can be a little thing. It can be just a minor thing. That all day long causes you to be off kilter, causes you adrenaline, causes you anger, causes it's oh, not month costing long. them all oh, year long, right? <laughs> and and it it's not costing them a thing. It's not causing them to even think, but it's just eating you up. So oftentimes forgiveness is as much for us as it is oh, for the person. Oh, that's forgiven. what the Lord taught me. It was for me. So now I just really I extend forgiveness constantly, and I encourage and challenge others to do the same thing because. There's so, God so loved the world. He, he forgave our sins by Jesus' obedient act. Remember? One obedient act just dissolves sin. And that's what God wants us to. We're in his likeness. We're part of the body of Christ. He says, just extend forgiveness for people. And don't worry about if they wronged you. And still study my word where I declare vengeance is mine. I'll repay. He said, don't repay nobody evil for evil. You just right. let me take I'll take care, care of it. Yeah, and he does. And again, and I always I, tell people this. If if they don't deserve any punishment, that's between them and God. Right. And if they do deserve it, whatever he's going to give them is going to be better than anything I could ever think of. And you know what? Again, he says he'll, if if God, when God takes care of it, he says, I'll judge my own. I'll take yeah, care of my own. He'll take care of it. Yeah, you take you'll take care, care of it once and for all, right. and it'll be right. Right. And I'm not going to elaborate on anything else about my situation, but... God's a good God, and he's faithful to do what he said he's going to do. And the scripture says this, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Meaning when you do what he told you to do, he's going to exalt you. He's going to lift you up. Remember, sub submit to God. Resist the devil. Right. The devil tells you don't forgive. He said, no, no, but I'm telling you submit to me. You resist him, and he'll flee from you. So yeah, you got to get them out yeah, your the life. promises of God are always yes, yes and amen. We're always talking about that. It's always yes and amen. God's promises are always good. And when God says something like, hey, don't worry about vengeance. Vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it. Guess what? It's good. It's true. It's, mm -hmm. Nobody's going to get away with it in the sense that whatever needs to be done, he will take care of it. Especially when you act on it. But we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.